Single Simulcast is about a lot of things. This podcast may make you laugh, cry, or pound your fists into your desk. If you hear something you like or something you don't, leave a voicemail at 916-572-9016 or email us at singlesimulcast at gmail.com. One. Single. Simulcast. Hello? I swear to God, one day I'm not going to cry at that scene when everybody, spoiler, 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 redacted on Endgame. Are we past the point where I, where I have to avoid? No, because I know Isabella still hasn't seen it yet, and she'll find me. She knows where I live. <laughs> redacted, spoiler, spoiler, stuff. But yeah, I'm over here wiping my eyes like, dang, you got me again. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Okay. You? Besides the, you know, the end game. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Even with end game, I'm just glad it was, I'm just glad it finally came out. You know, I had downloaded or uh, pre-ordered it as soon as it came out or right. as soon as we walked out the movie theater. So I'm glad it's finally here. Now I can move on with my life. <laughs> I am still waiting to actually watch it. Like, okay, so I went to the movie. Wait, wait, wait. What? No. No, this is no, listen, 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 listen. Okay, so you remember my back was all like super duper hurting and stuff? Uh-huh. Okay. Like that the day before we go to the movie, I went to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Got pain medication. Went to the movie. Or not even the day before. It was that it was the day of. Went to the movie, took my pain medication so I would be able to be there and fucking fell asleep. But obviously my husband had no idea I fell asleep. And I didn't realize I fell asleep until days later. Wow. That people were, you know, that I would see little clips and stuff, you know, like people posting them on the timeline. And I would be like, I don't remember seeing that. I don't remember seeing that at all. I don't, I don't remember. So I was out. I was completely, I was sitting in that movie theater out of it, but out of, but not enough to make it where uh, my husband realized that that's what was going on. So I must've just kept, I must've just stayed facing forward. Like I looked like I was watching the movie, never leaned, never drooped, never snored, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But I was out of it. I don't remember like I don't even remember seeing Jeremy Renner like, you know, in Japan doing all his, you know, assassination, whatever the fuck he was doing. Like, I mean, and I know that was probably early in the movie. I saw nothing practically. Nothing. Yeah, you had one of those sleeps where um and I, I know I've spoken on this before, but where you go in the movie and you see like the first ten minutes and then you feel like you blinked. Mm-hmm. And there, it's on another scene that somehow, some some freaking how is always directly connected, or seems like it's just flowing into the last thing you saw before you blinked, and then you blink again. This credits, yeah. <laughs> and like that's the best sleep ever. Um, here's what I'll do for you: you have a PlayStation Four, right? Yeah. Okay. Download Voodoo. 
Okay. Um, and I will uh, send you my Voodoo login information through Facebook Messenger, and you can watch it on there. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, log out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. know how... No, I'm joking. I don't know how many logins I can have for Voodoo. I'm like, I spread that shit around. Like, it's a... Like, like, like it's happiness because you know i already got in i'm paying for it so or i'm paying for the movies so why not there might be movies on there the kids might want to watch too so knock yourself out um single simulcast episode 340 <laughs> oh my god no i wonder if people listen and they know what number it is because obviously they clicked on it and they're like screaming like 344. 343. 344, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I just, I had to think about where we've been and what we've done recently. 344. I'm Rashani. She's Shantae. I'm sure they do too. Like, it's like Doherty Explorer where they're like, say the number, goddammit. <laughs> If y'all look up the number before y'all start recording, motherfucker, you know what this is. Niggas ain't got time for that shit. Um, I do. I mean, it's literally right here. And I literally opened it up and looked and was like, oh, yeah, because I really was going to say 343. I'm always a day late and a dollar short. Um, So I watched a show on Amazon um, video called The Boys. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, good show. Uh, trigger warning. In, like, the first episode, there is sexual assault. Okay. And it's, it's like, it's, it's one of those shows where it shows the darker side of superheroes. Like, right. superheroes are jackasses, really. Um, but I finished that whole thing. I'm looking to, I'm looking forward to seeing if they do a season two with it. Um, and then on USA, I'm watching this show called Pearson, which is a spinoff of the show Suits okay. that Meghan Markle was on before she went and became the Duchess of Berkshire or where I don't fucking know. Don't don't email me with corrections. I'm just going to say she's the Duchess of um, yeah Berkshire, because why not? I, I, I'm feeling like that's right. Like I can talk myself into thinking I'm right. Um, if nobody's there to correct me. That's why so many of the old shows went the way that they did, because I just gained steam like a motherfucker. <laughs> and by the end of it, I am God, motherfuckers. Um, but she left the show, and then uh, the guy who was actually the lead on the show, Mike, left the show. And um, Jessica Pearson, who was who is played by... Something Torres, Gina Torres, almost said Nina, yeah. but Gina Torres, she had left earlier in the, uh, in the show, like two seasons prior. And it, it turned out to work out perfectly because she left. And then when everybody else left, they were able to swing a show about her living in Chicago. And, um, now she's working for the mayor and, um, it's, it's pretty interesting, you know, to see, her in a new setting and and just uh going head to head with the corruption that is chicago uh government i'm not even sure if chicago government is corrupt or if it's just something that's been hanging over their head ever since like 
prohibition days. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's what I was, yeah, I, I, I was leaning that way, leaning to the left, like, yeah, it probably is. Um, but one of the things that happened in the show irritated me so much. And then I realized that it's something that irritates me in every show and every movie of its ilk. It's like this, this trope that happens in everything. And it's just, and the trope is that the lead character has to have an adversary that shouldn't be an adversary. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like a family member uh, who didn't feel like they ever got paid enough attention, or there's a show called All American, also on Netflix. Uh, the first season's on Netflix. You should check that out. It's about this black kid uh, who uh, transfers from Crenshaw High School to play ball at uh, Beverly Hills High School. It's pretty dope. But he has uh, adversary in uh, the quarterback of the new school that he goes to and the wide receiver because he plays wide receiver. Uh, so those three have issues. And in um, Pearson, she has issues with her cousin and with the uh, city attorney. I don't think she's a district attorney, but like the city attorney or something like that, they have issues. And it all just feels, it always feels like so forced. And it's like, you know, that at some point they're going to have this moment where something's going to happen and somebody's going to cover for somebody else, or they're going to go on a long run and sit down and talk or um, something's going to happen where they become best friends. And it's like, can we just skip past that? That that feels like the origin story of Spider-Man at this juncture. Like every show, they put that in there to stretch the drama out for another two to three episodes. And then it's like, okay, this is probably the episode where they become friends. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be that way. And if you really think about it, like any, well, not comedies, but really Family Matters had the same thing. If you think about it with Urkel and Carl where Urkel was getting on Carl's nerves. And then all of a sudden, when they realized Urkel was popular, he became like a second son to Carl. And then like his only son, because Eddie just never showed up anymore. It's something that it feels lazy at this point in time, because I can't think of a drama that doesn't do it. Like, honestly, what's your favorite drama right now on TV? That's not a reality TV show. you off with that not a reality tv show i did well no it's not it's not it's not even it's not even because i don't even really watch reality tv anymore and i'm trying to think of something like you know i've lately i've been watching uh korean dramas and it's not the same setup it's not the it's not the same setup it's more of a romantic angle and it's not as uh the conflict isn't as antagonistic I guess as what it would be as what I would think it would be in a in a straight drama. Mm-hmm. And I'm and then I'm trying to think of what what the fuck it what the fuck have I been watching? Yeah, it's just been the Korean dramas. Congratulations. You're like level 
two. Yeah, yeah. I took a the yeah on talktomeinkorean.com. You can test how much Korean you know. And I think the way the test works is they will continue to give you questions. And as long as you get them right, you continue to move on. And then if you probably get like three or four wrong, that's when it, it, you know, it'll stop you. Mm -hmm. And so this time I made it up to level two. So that means I, I know a few things. I can probably read some things. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm at level two. I can say hello. I can say goodbye. Uh, what else? Uh, I can say different things like an office is, what is office? Don't, okay, never mind. I can tell you milk is uyu. Mm-hmm. Uh, child is ai mm-hmm. uh what else um annyeong haseyo hase is hello uh annyeong hi kaseyo is when you say goodbye and uh they're leaving you know the, the like you're staying and they're leaving and then there's annyeong hi keseyo that means that uh they're staying and you're leaving uh what else just different stuff i can you know different stuff i'm working on workbooks right now and yeah just trying to to get better and at this point i know that if you do something for enough days it becomes like a a part of you like it becomes a a routine or a habit is it still so then you can understand what they're saying in the music you're listening to or is it you want to like be able to like what's the goal now has it altered or is it still the same thing i think the the goal is still wanting to be like the goal is definitely to be able to listen to the music and know what they're saying without needing subtitles and without needing translations also to watch television and to to know uh what they're saying without the subtitles but i think the 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 over art arching goal is I think I, what I want is to be bilingual is to just know another language. When I think about the various people that live in the world, a lot of them know another language and a lot of them know another language in addition to English. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of us here in America, we just know English and just kind of skate Mm because we just fucking know English, you know, and also, and then also, I mean, obviously our schools aren't necessarily teaching uh, foreign languages to conversate and all that different kind of stuff. But just, we just, you know, we can go our whole life and not have to learn another language for the most, for the most part, you know, especially if we're not going to travel and everything. And it's just, I just would feel like more of a citizen of the world. If I knew another language, If it, it would just feel, I would feel more normal. It feels abnormal to only know English. It's probably not, but it just, it feels that way. It just feels like, cause there's so, you know, cause you get so many people who come here and they probably make a point to learn English, but it's almost like we go places and we expect other people to know English, I guess, like a kind of entitlement. Mm-hmm. And I guess, and I guess by learning another language, I am doing something about the entitlement 
the American entitlement that I probably could have. I don't have it, but it's still just, you know, it's just like, I know another language, you know, it's just, it's something else I've taken, you know, I want to be able to say that I've taken the time to, to learn another language and I can communicate with another person in another language if it ever comes down to it. And also just to learn another perspective because so much of our perspective is baked into the type of it baked into our language and so like like thinking about uh korean they say i think it's the word uri and uri means hour Mm -hmm. but when they're talking about uh what I interpret, like the whole idea of it being our hour is versus it being like I, the way we speak about ourselves. You know, when they're speaking about things that are close to them, they say Uri and it's our, it's us. It's like, it seems like it's a communal uh, idea or thing about their culture you know, like they're very focused on, you know, they're all eating together, you know, like when I'm watching videos and stuff, it's like they're, you know, all this different food on the table and they're all eating together. And it's all very like family friend oriented, I guess, you know, and I don't mean that in like a positive or negative kind of way, just, you know, they're all kind of hanging out together. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like that comes across as far as their language and stuff is concerned. when I went to France Uh and when we were in Germany um, it was a big thing to eat family style dinners together like really just sit down and just our family meals together just sit down and just commune with one another Um, and I feel like it was it's something that is lost in translation in America um, because in my opinion, I guess I should start saying that now, in my opinion, um, as we progressed uh, as a country, uh, people started getting uh, more and more concerned about their space and, 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 and just uh, closeness of others. And they took that as if I let people get too close to threat perhaps, but we don't do that here, but when I was overseas in every country, they would literally take hours to just sit back and talk and eat and enjoy time with one another. So I, I do miss that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I miss even being on the cruise, uh, everybody sitting down and, and eating with one another. And, and it was like a, a three course meal where everybody was involved in talking and having a good time, whatever it may be. It's not coming back to America. Um, so uh, I don't know why I'm saying that to say that you learning that learning Korean is so impressive to me uh, and and likely to millions of other people um, and 10 people who are uh, 
friends with those millions of other people, but get the word last because they don't even know when they're having barbecues. They just show up and they'd be like, who told him what's having a barbecue? Um, and I'm just excited to see what happens next because if you keep going at this rate, you'll be a level three, it seems. You'll be able to reach level three by the end of August. And that's impressive to me. Like, I think that's dope. Um, I, I'm, I don't know what else to say other than I'm extremely proud of you because you really sat down and you're like, this is what I'm going to do. And you are knocking it out. Um, I saw the, the day streaks on Duolingo. I saw the, the level up. I saw, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, she, she's doing the damn thing. And that's, that's incredible. More people need to have that focus of this, what I want to do, and then actually go out there and do it. Because I personally will say, I want to do something and take three steps forward and then be like, nah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cause it is, you well, cause it's, hard it is like it's it's there's so there's a lot of information and there's a lot of books and there's a lot of videos like I couldn't imagine trying to learn a language on my own uh you know 10 or 15 years ago without the internet you know without all this stuff that people have put out there and everything but even then it's still just it's hard to kind of do it uh by yourself you know, it's not like I have a Korean friend who I can kind of bounce stuff off of at this mm-hmm. point or anything. So it's and it's weird to kind of do it alone because it's almost like, well, probably because it goes back to kind of being being American and being English speaking. And it's just like, well, why are you, it, there's this thing in your head where it's just, like, well, why are you even learning the language anyway? You know, and you're starting to talk yourself out of things it's like, are you even going to go to Korea? Is this like ever you don't even have a passport, you know, cause I don't. And it's just like, you don't even know anybody who's Korean, like right off the bat. Like you, you it's almost like you're telling yourself that you're never going to use this. So it, it is for me, it's hard because I, cause I talk myself out of things. And even sometimes when I'm sitting studying, I'll be studying or I'll be looking at something or maybe something is difficult. And then I get a moment where it's just like, why are you even doing this? And I have to kind of, you know, push myself back out of it and just be like, no, this is just part of, you know, who you are. You tell yourself that something is wrong or you tell yourself that this isn't good enough or this isn't okay. And you're going to feel this feeling and then you're going to get back to studying because this is what you like. You are enjoying it. You have gotten, you know, you're a lot further than you were 60 days ago when you first started. You know, when you first started, all those different symbols didn't look or sound like anything. Now you can look at stuff and even if you mispronounce it, you still know what that stuff means. You know what that stuff sounds like, or you recognize a word without really having to sound it out or whatever. So, yeah. So when you, when your mind starts working against you like that, how often does that happen? How long does that happen? And um, are you always successful in talking yourself back out of it? Am I always successful in talking? No, it's not. It's not even that I'm successful in talking myself back out of it. What? And this is only just this year that I've realized 
like really came to grips that this is something that I do with the things that I'm interested in, that I think I've done it with blogging where I start to do it. And it's just like, well, why are you even blogging? Nobody even cares. Nobody even likes it. Nobody, you know, that kind that kind of internal dialogue saying that what you're doing isn't good enough, saying that what you're, you know, what I'm doing doesn't matter. And what I've started to do is to just feel the feeling. It's just like, and I, you know, sometimes I just get my journal out and it's just like, I feel really bad. I feel sad about this. It feels like, you know, uh, this thing isn't good enough. It feels like this thing is so daunting or isn't going to have any, you know, positive rewards at the end. And sometimes it seems like if I write it out and just feel it, it's just like, I can tell myself, okay, it's okay that you're feeling this feeling right now. You're going to feel it. And maybe it's time to take a break, Mm -hmm. you know, go do something else. It's okay. You can come back to it tomorrow and you'll feel, maybe you'll feel different, you know, but this isn't, something you don't want to stop you know I know I don't want to stop but I also know that I you know in the process of me continuing this is something that I'm gonna have to deal with so I have started to kind of journal it out and sometimes when I'm journaling it out you know as I'm journaling how I'm feeling I'm going I'm also saying like but you know what it's okay that I feel like this I am better than what I was you know, a few weeks ago, or I can think about an instance where like the other day, uh, the talk to me in Korean is the website that I mainly go to and they have a Twitter page and an Instagram and they post like questions and different stuff. And, uh, you know, a question popped up and it's a really simple level one question, but I got that answer right. Where two months ago, I wouldn't have been able to even read any of the things, you know, or recognize the words in the list that they're saying, how many of these words can you recognize? I wouldn't have been able to recognize one where there was a list and I recognized like five or six of them. And so it's, it's trying to keep that perspective in the midst of feeling bad because mm-hmm. I can't stop myself from feeling bad. It's not like it's, you know, it's, and I guess that's why I'm going back to like just feeling the feeling. It's just like, yes, this, you know, I'm in this down in the mouth kind of moment. It is okay. I'm not going to beat myself up for feeling this way. I'm just going to feel it. And as I'm feeling it, you know, maybe I feel it and, you know, I have to stop or maybe I feel it and I tell myself, you know what, it's okay that you're feeling this way, but you did really good yesterday or you did really good today or you finished something or you're still going, you know, I could just as easily have quit and never have to feel that feel, never have to feel the feeling of anything. You know, I could just move on to something else, but you know, I'm here trying to make it happen. And we're here with you just waiting for you to be successful like it's not even a question like I don't mean to put pressure on you but you just you are you got the eye of the tiger right now and um, I don't know I feel like even if um, you have 
a day where you may um, no, I'm not even going to speak that into existence. I just I I just think that it's incredible what you're doing, and I think that um, it's something that anybody could do, but not a lot of people are doing. Because Duolingo, they don't pop up at some point and say to go forward, you got to pay us like ten dollars, right? It's completely free, right? Yeah, Duol- yeah, Duolingo is free for the most part. And there's a lot of places that are, yeah, there's a lot of places that are, that are free. Obviously I've paid for books and stuff and everything, but. Can you understand any of the, are you singing along any of your songs now and knowing what they're saying? No. What the, what, what has happened as far as the songs is when I first started listening to BTS, the words ran together and sounded like, you know, just blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. At this point, they sound like separate words. Okay. You know, so that's, and that's the, and that's the other thing when I, when I was talking about like feeling, you know, like on the one hand, sometimes I feel bad, but on the other hand, I can say like, I hear words, you know, so I feel like I have worked on enough to acquire the sounds that are in Korean to hear it. Cause that's the thing, you know, cause in addition to uh, the, the Korean stuff that I'm, that I'm learning and stuff as far, especially on YouTube, I'm getting just language videos. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen in some of the language videos is the reason why we can't understand other languages if we don't I mean obviously if we're not if that's not our language is because we don't have that sound like there's millions of sounds that can be made but at some point as you learn a language all those sounds that aren't the sounds of your language just get filtered out so when you hear them it's nothing it's just bleh. so you have to you know, and I guess that's what I'm thinking as far as with the Korean is that as I've listened to them, as I've learned the alphabet, listened to the different sounds, trying to say it, that when I hear like BTS, when I hear BTS songs now, they the, the words sound like words, even if I don't understand what they are. And even if I can't repeat them, you know, as they're singing the songs they sound like something where they didn't sound like anything when I first started listening to it. I, I'm, I need to go back with Spanish and do that. Oh, one thing that I am going to do, I, I've been talking with Nisha and talking with folks at the camp that we were at a few weeks back and all that good stuff. And I didn't get much from that camp. Like, did I, did I talk about this last week about the, the pastor who was just like hella misogynistic? I want to say no. Yeah, it was bad. Oh no. Cause we didn't do a show last week. Did we? Oh no. Was last week the week that I got back from camp? Wow. Just all, yep, it was. So, um, the pastor was one of those dudes who uh, talked about how um, Jeffrey Dahmer uh, went to hell, or Jeffrey Dahmer 
went to heaven, even though he committed the sins of being a murderer, a pedophile, and a homosexual. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, God, not now. Not right now. I I started to feel like just the the hackles start to raise up on the back of my neck or whatever the saying is. And it was just like, not not this dude. It was a black guy uh, from Georgia. And, um, oh, I know where I talked about this at. I talked to my mom and my my brother and my my, uh, father-in-law about it or my uh, stepfather about it, I guess. So weird to say that. Um, But he came in. And the first thing that he said was that uh, he was from Georgia and that they had found that he was one of the few black people who traced their DNA back to um, slavery and, and back to Africa. And so he went to the plantation where his great grandfather was. Mm-hmm. And um, his great grandfather was a slave, but if his great grandfather hadn't been a slave, his slave, the slave owner, uh, forced Jesus on his great grandfather. Basically, the slave owner taught him about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So his mindset was, even though my great grandfather was a slave. Without slavery, we would have never known Jesus in my family. So I mm-hmm. guess it's the win-win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind. Of, that's that's mad gross. That's mad, mad gross. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like mm-mm, I can't. Mm, uh, like, yeah. I, I can't get with that. But you know. spent a lot of time. A lot of the mornings where he was preaching, I spent a lot of time in the room just sleeping in or just reading a book with Nisha. Mm-hmm. Um, he also talked about how. Uh, men have to be the providers because even though he's okay with women having jobs, he that, that's a quote. Even though he's okay with women having jobs, uh, the men have to be providers, and we got to stop with all this stuff. These new kids, these young kids out here, are quitting jobs before they get new jobs, and they want to be bloggers and podcasters, and they're not providing for their family, and God is shunning them. Um, Oh, wow. And then he talked about how um, his kids, he took his sons, he has three sons, and he took his sons and they had some man time um, where they talked about stuff that he didn't feel was right to talk about around his wife. Uh, He mentioned how when his kids are around his wife, they act differently, like he has to be the provider because his wife, when his kids are around his wife, they act softer and they act, uh, they don't act like men are supposed to act. Let me see what else happened before I cashed out. Yikes. This was all in like the first two days. It was a week long, uh, program. It went till Saturday. Mm -hmm. Listen to him. Like we made it through in the first day that we were in there. We made it through like the first 30 to 45 minutes of his sermon and then Kenny got stung by a bee like immediately got stung by a bee and you know he's hella allergic so we had to get up and go make sure he was okay luckily as soon as he got stung he took some uh, 
Benadryl. He he had his bag of medicine with him, so he was okay, but it was still scary. Second day was a day that he talked about Jeffrey Dahmer. No, he talked about his wife and about how uh, men should be acting and how we should be providing and shouldn't be bloggers or podcasters. First day was no second day. He also talked about slavery. Um, and then I didn't go back for like the rest of the days and the white people, cause it was the other issue that I have with this camp that I paid money for a lot of money. I'm not even trying to brag, but it, it was a lot of money for seasonless food, flavorless mm. food and preaching that I didn't want to hear. Um, a, a big issue that I have with the camp. Let me make sure that I'm saying this right. A dude came up to me the first day. On Sunday, they have a barbecue out in the in a field near their big field house where the basketball tournaments and everything were. And so we were sitting out there chilling, eating burgers and everything. And this white guy comes up to me, this old white dude, like maybe 79, 80 years old, comes up to me and he's wearing a uh, Trump hat. And Gogo tells me, Dad, you can control your anger. You don't have to get mad at him. You choose how to respond. And I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't even see him. And then I turned mm-hmm. around and I saw him. And he was wearing a hat that on the front said Trump 2020. And on the side and on the back, it said build the wall. Mm. Um, and this guy came up to me and wanted to talk to me about, I think I was wearing a basketball shirt. And he was talking to me about the shirt and everything and, I'm looking at him like, <laughs> but it's a Christian camp and it's the first day. So I'm trying to be kind and trying to be nice and all that. And he totters away. Like he feels like he did his due diligence by talking to a black person or a person outside of the race. He probably thought I was one of the good ones. Um, <laughs> but this camp in this day and age, this camp, where they see the divisiveness of racism, they see the divisiveness of Trump and the divisiveness of white people, really, um, and Trump supporters. Um, They chose to ignore that completely. Like their big thing, their big point was that homosexual homosexuality was the biggest sin, even though it says quite simply that all sins are, um, rotten in God's mouth, like, like all sins are the same. He spews them all from his mouth. Um, they chose to harp upon not even LGBTQ, just gay men. Um, when they, they, they briefly, the, the, the guy who spoke in the morning briefly spoke about how there's, probably a man in here somewhere who's cheating on his wife and that pissed Nisha off because she was like it doesn't just have to be a man women can cheat too and she just felt like he was hella misogynistic like everything he Mm -hmm. said was male oriented it was all with the male gaze Mm -hmm. um but they were all talk all their talk was focused on um how gays are going to hell because they they have sinned by being gay. But everything else, racism, um, uh, 
lust, cheating, lying, smoking, fucking eating shrimp. All of those things were encapsulated in a two-second, three-second blurb that quite honestly was the thing that the church says, which is if the church does what God wants us to do, everything else will fall in place. And I realized that this place was never going to speak up on racism because there was only like one other black family who was there. There was a lot of white folks who brought black children with them, which I was like, that's special. A lot of white (laughs) folks who brought like little African babies with them, like they adopted them or something and brought them with them. Um, But by and large, there was only two black families. So the audience, and there were no Hispanic people at all. So the audience was white uh, between the ages, I would say, uh, 45 to 65, and then their kids. Uh-huh. And so they're preaching towards what their audience wants to hear, which is that LGBTQ folks are wrong and they're bad. But they don't want to speak about racism because that'll make these white people who pay for this camp to even be available and be open, that'll make them feel uncomfortable. But watching them dodge this conversation, because I'm asking them every time I see them on walking through, like, hey, hey, um, Brian, let me ask you what your thoughts are on this, this, and this. And all of them dodged me, except for the one who was preaching to uh, the, the high schoolers and the junior high schoolers. He was like, yo, I know what it says in the Bible, but, mm, yo, like, it's my job to bring people to Christ doesn't matter who you are. It's my job to bring you to Christ. Um, and one of them tried to cover it up by saying, well, even though it says in the Bible, we will bring them to Christ and then let God figure it out. Like, nigga, that ain't really saying shit. Like, you're saying that you're going to get them to Christ and then God's going to magically convert them to be straight. Like, like, it just got on my nerves. Um, let me see what else happened that got on my nerves. There were some folks there who I know weren't feeling what the pastor was saying. Mm-hmm. Me, Nisha, the kids, Kenny, Bella. But the folks who we usually come out there with and meet up with uh, are white. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed that whenever we would meet up with them to like between sessions or sit down and talk with them or whatever. Like the, the sons were cool as a fan. Like they hung out with uh, us. They hung out with Kenny and Bella and DJ and it was all gravity, but the mom kept wanting to play devil's advocate. Oh no. And at one point I had to stop her and say, you know what you're saying? You want to be like, well, Derek, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I was like, you know, at some point it feels like you're not playing devil's advocate. It feels like you're just advocating. And I don't appreciate that. And I think I may have altered that relationship like permanently when I did that. Cause I didn't want to be around her anymore after that. Mm-hmm. Um, because also whenever we be like, there was a point where we were all sitting outside talking and I got up to go do something and I came back and there was a white woman who was sitting in my seat and um, 
the white woman who we hung out with was just steadily ignoring everybody else was just talking to this white woman and didn't even say, Hey, that was his seat or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was just a conversation where she left everybody else out, didn't introduce anybody or anything like that. And then as soon as she left, she went right back to talking to us. And it was like, "Mm, we see you. So I don't think we're going to go back. That's probably best. That's, yeah. I mean, that's probably best. I mean, because it sounds like, sounds like the, pa- I mean, like you said, the pastor is a misogynist, and then they out there, you know, you know, on homophobia and bigotry and stuff, and it's just like it does not sound like it doesn't sound like a a good place. Yeah, it doesn't it, sound like a good place to be. Uh, Kid also won his basketball tournament, the three on three tournament. That was good, but other than that, it was just like we could be at home. Like, I could have saved the money. I could have saved the vacation time. I could have saved all of this because I usually would come back. Every year that we went, I would come back full. Mm-hmm. Like, I would come back recharged and replenish and just like, okay, I'm ready to break down walls for God and just reach out to people and draw people into Christ and all that good stuff. And we came and went from that this week the same way, just – I mean, not empty. We feel good. We're still very much in love as a as a couple and as a family, and everything was great for us. But every time we went into there, it was like somebody poked a hole into a balloon, and they just wanted all the air to get sucked out. It was just weird. It's weird being around people who know that they're not doing right, and in order to distract you from the fact they're not doing right, they want to punch down. Mm-hmm. and I'm sure. not going to let people punch down anymore. Not around me. I'm going to call it out. Like, why are you punching down? Why are you doing that? Um, I'm trying to think of if there was anything else of merit that happened at that camp, and no, there wasn't. So, no, I don't need to go back. I'll just go on a cruise. I found more peace and happiness sitting on a boat than I did sitting in a church because at least on the boat, I didn't have to worry about people saying what they thought that everybody wanted to hear. And I had food with seasoning on it. I got to remember to pull that container of seasoning salt out of my backpack. I've had it in there for a week now. We dang near use a whole bottle in a week. Like seriously. Flavor your food, damn it. A man who wanted to remove weeds on Tuesday from his house made more of a mess than he cleared, firefighters say. Like, when you see the phrase firefighters say, that means some shit happened. (laughs) At about 5.15 on July 31st, firefighters received a call of a shed fire in University Mobile Estates. Um, A man who was using a blowtorch to clear weeds near the shed had set it on fire and the fire spread to other trailer homes in the park. Damn. It took firefighters about 20 minutes to get the fire out, but a propane tank leak that lasted about three hours caused the department to evacuate everybody in the trailer park. Three trailer homes were damaged in the fire with two having severe damage and the other moderately damaged. Uh, the residents of these three homes, which includes the man who was using the blowtorch, were displaced and are being assisted by the American Red Cross. 
So he like has to pay for those other two mobile homes or trailer homes. I mean, you would think, I mean, if he got it. If he ain't got it, I'm suing. Well, yeah, but I mean, if he ain't got, I mean, if he ain't got it and you sue, you still ain't getting no money. You know what, you know what I mean? It's just, you know. Yeah. I would hope he has it because that's got to be devastating. That's the worst. That's to lose so, your house because of somebody else's stupidity. Yeah, like that's what I think. I think of that with like just apartments. You know, like if you're, you know, if someone has an accident in their apartment, that accident could lead to your to you losing your things. You know, like if you live above some, if you live below somebody and something happens, you know, with the water or a fire or whatever, you know, and it's something, uh, it's carelessness. You know, obviously not if it's just an, like, you know, it sucks if it's an accident, but just somebody doing something that they just should have never did in the first place and you lose your stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's gotta be like really hard. I wonder if insurance, co- like I, the mayhem like me commercials, they never talk about stuff like this, but I wonder like how much of that will his insurance cover before they're just like, we're dropping you. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, who knows if, if, if I mean, he may not even have insurance depending on what the setup is, yeah. you know, like he could have homeowners insurance if that's the way, if you can have homeowners insurance for, excuse me, a mobile, you know, for, you probably can't have some type of homeowners insurance for like the, the structure, mm-hmm. you know, versus the land, you know, cause, or whatever, unless you own that, you know, if you're living in a mobile home area or whatever, a mobile a mobile park, a mobile home park. You probably don't own the land, but you could own the structure. So I wonder if it's auto insurance. Yeah, I don't know. See, my thought was thinking maybe it was like renter's insurance because yeah. you're you're renting the the land. But I mean, if it's a trailer home, I don't I I I don't really know how those work. Right, I don't either. Huh. I know if like an RV got damaged like that, it would be auto insurance that would cover it. Even though it would be a domicile, it's still, if it has a license plate, you know, I don't know. I know. You know what? I do know because you, I've seen them on the road, those oversized loads where two pieces of a house get put on trucks and just get driven from place to place. I've seen that. Um, so, no, it's likely, like you said, renter's insurance goes homeowner's insurance, and he's screwed because they may look cheap, but they ain't. No, like, the yeah, depending on the type and everything. No, it's not. Mm-mm. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's it may be something that can move around, but I mean, it's a house, you know, depending on the size. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. It's got every, it's got all kinds of shit in it. It just isn't, you know, it's just not good in a tornado. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to keep that one to myself. I'm just going to say, I saw the movie crawl today uh, where the uh, woman and her dad get stuck in the house with a whole bunch of alligators or, or crocodiles or no alligators during a hurricane. Never going to Florida. 
not I'm not gonna do that to myself. I'm not gonna live there. That's the end of that story. Um a Georgia woman is in custody after the owner of a McDonald's in Garden City said she fired a gun inside the restaurant. <laughs> I'm not laughing at her. I'm not laughing at her. What I am laughing at is that I feel like we consistently someone consistently pops off at the fast food place. Mm-hmm. And we can, and we find that story. Like this is kind <laughs> of our thing at this juncture. <laughs> like somebody has popped and it's and it's in like pop off like literally like what a gun. <laughs> like <laughs> and in this week's fast food frenzy, um <laughs> the restaurant owner says the woman left with her order and then came back saying that the fries were cold. According to the owner, as the manager went to get new fries, the woman went into the kitchen and fired a shot into the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up with the fries, goddammit. And where was this? This was at McDonald's? Yep. Yeah, I, I, well, no, she should not have, uh, sh- you know, let off a round. <laughs> but, boy, like, McDonald's fries are so good when they're hot and, like, so bad terrible. Terrible when they are cold. Nothing that tastes that good hot should taste that bad cold. And it's just so I get it. I see the vision. It's not correct, but I see the vision. Like I, I have had situations. Well, I, I okay, Shante. I know I've gotten on you about your quirks. Uh-huh regarding foods that you do and don't eat and will and won't try and ways you like food and stuff like that. And, uh-huh. and I have to say that I've realized over the past couple um, months that I have quirks that are <laughs> um, non-negotiable. Uh-huh. For example, if I go to the movie theater and I get popcorn, I have to stand there and watch them make a fresh batch of popcorn. Mm-hmm. I won't just accept popcorn uh, even if they say, oh no, it's been less than 10 minutes. That's cool. I'll sit there. I'll sit here and wait while you make another one. I need to be like, I need them to hold my popcorn t- container underneath that metal thing that cooks the popcorn. I want it to like, like fall into my container and just be like piping hot, like mm-hmm. hot. Um, with French fries, especially at McDonald's when I choose to go there, if they're, if they're less than hot, if they're like not fresh off, I got to wait and I will come back in and I will say, you know, this isn't done properly. These are cold and everybody else will be standing around and they'll be getting the same fries that I just got bagged up. The ones that were cold to me and I'll be looking at each other like, should we be mad too? And then they don't decide <laughs> to be mad. Like you see the look in their eye. Like they're like, are my fries cold? Like, is he getting, are they going to give him fresh? They're giving him fresh fries. Should I be mad? I'm not going to be mad this time. I'm just going to eat my, my cold fries, which is fine for everybody else. But for me, cold fries, like you said, McDonald's fries, you don't know how much grease is in those fries until they get cold. Mm-hmm. And then that's all it tastes like is a stick of grease. And I mean, like when it gets warm and it goes from hot to when they're hot, life changing moment. Mm-hmm. you hit those fries at the right time and it's just like oh my god thank you for inventing these things and literally two minutes later it's like mm. 
And then two minutes after that, you don't even want to eat them. You're like passing them off to somebody else, which is why I have to eat French fries first. Sure. Like if I go to Red Robin or if I go to any burger joint and I get fries, I have to eat the fries first. It's all McDonald's fault. Like I won't, I might take a bite out of the burger, but I'm housing those fries. Maybe not a Red Robin because they give you unlimited fries. True. But everywhere else, yeah, it's it's going down. Um, the owner said he gave the woman a refund and she left. Police arrived on the scene and learned that the woman had left, but they found her and stopped her car on Liberty Parkway and took her into custody without incident. An employee at McDonald's tells the news that there was a full-fledged brawl in the kitchen before the shot was ever fired. Quote, this is serious, and I need to find a way to get out of it. Like, I need to find a way to get out and be alive, said the employee. Uh, Basically, the woman kept going back and forth with me, and then she took her drink and threw it at me and the manager, and then proceeded to come behind the counter, the employee recalled. She said their fighting words turned to actual fighting. She said she was playing defense because it wasn't just her inside the store. We were physically fighting because I had to grab her because she was pulling up a set like this, and I had to seize my moment when I knew I could. When she bent down, I grabbed her hair and just started slinging her across the floor. (laughs) That's grabbing the bull out of horns. Oh, my God. The employee says the woman left and went to her car, and when she came back, she had a gun in her hands. Then we were in the back of the store. She came to the back of the store walking like you know. She was ready to shoot. The employee says she no longer feels safe working there. And now she's trying to transfer to a different location. Yeah, that's scary. That's, oh man. Just, you know, like this is a goofy story. And at the same time, it's just like uh, people just, not everybody should have access to a gun. Mm-hmm. And it's too bad and unfortunate that there's not enough that that motherfuckers in our government don't really want to put do something about gun laws because who knows if this lady should have the gun that she has Mm -hmm. you know and the same thing when somebody you know rolls up on some you know like when an abusive person uh when an abusive man uh unfortunately you know uses a gun on his partner you know, is, there's always that possibility that that motherfucker should have never had the gun in the first place. That he probably that he could have bought that gun in the you know between the time that this person was being abusive. But there's it's like there's nothing on the books to keep that abusive person from getting the gun, and then they get it. And you know, it's just it's really fucked up. It's scary that at any given moment now. A simple exchange at a McDonald's or at a fast food restaurant or anywhere can turn into gunfire and it can turn into a full-fledged tragedy. Like that woman came into that restaurant with a gun. What if somebody else had a gun and shot her? You know, what if she uh, shot somebody else? What if it's just so many things that could happen and, they keep saying mental health is the reason why people are shooting. And that's as far from the truth as possible. It's just people who feel entitled to be able to 
express their anger in a way that feels fit to them, seems fit to them. And they happen to have guns. Mm -hmm. Because overseas, they're supposed to have gone on killing sprees with knives. They had anger and they had access to a knife. So it's just a lot of anger right now. Just a lot of unchecked, unexplainable anger and, and just contempt um, and just the feeling like you deserve, you deserve this. You have a right to this. And if you don't get this, then it's going to be a problem. With that being said, a Minnesota man opened fire on a birthday party after the birthday party attendees wouldn't sing happy birthday to his girlfriend. I think we talked about this. The incident happened when Thomas had a birthday party for someone else. He reportedly started a fight with some party guards for serenading the host, but not his girlfriend, whose birthday happens to be on the same day. Uh-huh. He left the party and returned about 20 minutes later with a semi-automatic and shot uh-huh. the woman who refused to sing to his girlfriend nine times. Thomas also shot two others eight times each. All three were treated and survived. He said in a court statement that he has no memory of having a gun or shooting any guests at the party. Quote, I'm the peacemaker. I'm the one who tries my best to make it through a situation. I don't recall having a gun. I don't recall shooting anyone. I just hope to get some type of mercy here, he said. He added, everyone makes mistakes and everyone deserves a second chance. Yikes. Like, ooh, like, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. That's terrible. Like all because all because somebody would sing to your girlfriend at at a party that wasn't hers. That's so wild. He sounds like the person who goes to somebody else's uh, reception dinner for their wedding and says, "This feels like just the perfect time to express my love," and proposes to his girlfriend or his significant other. And then gets mad that nobody claps that he literally dropped yeah. down to one knee at somebody else's reception and asked to marry. I hate people like that. All center of attention ass people don't understand what is so wrong about taking the shot for somebody else. The so people who uh, get on their knee and propose to their significant other after they just won a medal or after they, um, just did something big in their own life. They want to make it about them. Now's the perfect time for me to propose. Like, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that either. Like, you know, somebody, you see it a lot with um, women when they graduate Mm -hmm. or when they graduate college or whatever, you know, and then they're, they're typically the, uh, it's a man, Mm -hmm. you know, proposes to them, you know, at their, you know, in their moment when they, you know, when it should be about them and their achievement, you know, graduating or whatever the, whatever the thing is. And, but now it has to turn around toward either them as a couple or the person doing the proposing. And it's no longer just about the person that achieved something really awesome. And it's like, if you don't accept my proposal, now you look like a jerk in this situation because you got to explain to me why you won't say yes when I'm actually taking away from your time. Mm-hmm. 
and your place. It just, ugh. I don't know. I think I'm just in an irritated mood this week. But that, if I see somebody doing that, I just always want to yell out, say no. <laughs> say wait till next week. Say something like. <sighs> The president of a Pennsylvania school board whose districts have warned parents behind on school lunch bills that their children could end up in foster care has rejected a company CEO's offer to cover the cost of the lunches, the businessman said on Tuesday. Todd Carmichael, CEO and co-founder of Philadelphia-based Columbia La Colombe Coffee, said he offered to give Wyoming Valley West School District $22,000 to wipe out bills that generated the recent warning letter to parents. But school board president Joseph Mazur rejected the offer during a phone conference on Monday. Carmichael spokesman uh, Aaron Platt said on Tuesday, Mazur argued that the money is owed by parents who can afford to pay, Platt said. The position of Mr. Carmichael is, Irrespective of affluence, irrespective of need, he just wants to wipe away this debt, Platt said, noting that the offer stands. Wyoming Valley West solicitor Charles Coslett said he does not know what the school board plans to do. Quote, I don't know what my client's intention is at this time, and that's the end of the line. Now, in an update, the school board announced on Wednesday that they're now accepting the offer. I would think, I would think that it makes sense that they went ahead and accepted it because I bet everybody and their mama was calling them saying, what the fuck is wrong with y'all mm-hmm. not taking this money? Like, what's the point? I mean, there's a debt. You need this money. Take the money. But, you know, but people are also saying, you know, we're speculating like this isn't, it's clearly not about the money. If you can say you're not going to take the money you must want to take these kids away from their families. So it's just like, well, why the fuck you want to take kids away from their families? Like what do you know? So it's like some sinister shit going on. I remember that there was a situation where um, a church was holding kids or wasn't, wasn't allowing kids to do something. And I believe it was a group of atheists who offered to pay the debt. Mm Mm-hmm. We talked about that on the show once and they wouldn't take the money from the atheists. And so then the Satanists came up and they wouldn't take the money from the Satanists or maybe it was a Satanist all the way through. It was a while back, but it just feels like these things keep going. Like it's all cyclical. Like you said, it feels like it's not about the money. It's just about making people suffer or feel like bad because they can't afford to pay this. Um, And that yep. guy should be fired. Oh, yeah. Like, the school board? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I, f- I figured the school board, the motherfuckers get elected. So, the next election, like, yeah, you gotta get that motherfucker out. Cause well, you gotta, yeah, you gotta get everybody out. Yeah, they ain't, looking out for the, they ain't looking out for the kids at all. At all. And And you talking about how it's about making people uh, suffer. It makes me think about what we were talking about in the beginning as far as the uh, well, what when you were talking about how uh, families don't sit and eat together and all that different kind of stuff, it was making me think about how individualistic 
we are in uh, the United States. You know, how focused, you know, how it's very me, me, me. I did this. I did that. You know, uh, and because I did this, you know, because I did this, I'm living a good life. And because you didn't do it, that's why you're living a bad life kind of thing. That kind of punishment mentality, I think, is what we have here for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what that see, and that's what that seems like. With, yeah, with the whole lunch, with the whole lunch debt. But the whole, fu- the, but the other fucked up thing too is motherfucking kids go to school every day. They should be able to eat. Exactly. They should be able. I mean, like that's what's so wild. They should be able to eat, and and uh, it just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense but that's how people feel though it's this kind of well if you ain't got it you just gonna have to suffer kind of thing that's your fault but it's like they're saying you could be sent to dependency court like we can take you to court and take your kids away from you because you can't pay this bill but then when the dude was like i'll pay the bill they were like nah we'd rather not, which means they'd rather take the kids away from the parents. Yeah. Kind of a teacher, kind of bullshit. Like you're going to put kids in the system behind a motherfucking lunch debt. Behind some $22,000. Behind some food that they should, they should have to eat. Like mm-hmm. you, like all kinds of studies. If you're not eating enough, you're not, you can't learn enough. You can't, you don't have the energy to function in the school, but okay, let's take the babies away from their parents. How well will they be able to function then? Like, it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Forever 21 recently shipped diet bars along with customers' online orders. Many people on social media called Forever 21's diet bar shipment offensive and fat phobic. A number of people on social media said they received the bars along with orders of plus-size clothing. Bought a swimsuit online from Forever 21, and they sent me an Atkins bar along with it. Uh, Thank you for reminding me that I don't have a beach-ready body. Forever 21, in a statement, said it sent the free diet bar samples with all orders and sizes. Quote, from time to time, Forever 21 surprises our customers with free test products from third parties in their e-commerce store, the company said. The freebie items in question were included in all online orders across all sizes and categories for a limited time and have since been removed. This is an oversight on our part, and we sincerely apologize for any offense this may have caused our customers, as this was not our intention in any way. Others on social media confirmed that the bars were sent to all online orders, not just to plus-size customers. Yeah, but see, that's... <laughs> like, there's no reason for Forever 21 to be sending um, food things to people. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like... It just doesn't seem like a good look. Then, And it's also not a good look to send diet things to people. Because while... I think it's easy to go to uh, the, well, it's, it's easy to focus on people who are plus size because we think, you know, collectively that a plus size person 
would be offended or needs to diet or whatever, you know, but someone who is not plus size could just as easily feel triggered or upset by motherfucking diet, uh, 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 some diet food, because we're all told that we have to look a particular way, that our bodies are not okay as they are. So just, it, it was a bad, it's a bad look for everybody. They should have never sent that shit out. It's just, no, it's just, it's not, a, it's, it's not good. It's not Forever 21. Well, for one, it's almost like Forever 21 is giving almost advice, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, check this out. This is, this is good. This is good. This is good for you kind of thing. You know, and it's not it's not as uh, benign as hey, just try this. You know, we found something that you you know, you know, this is a third party affiliate thing, and here, just check you know, check check this out. It's not that it's not that's not how it's going to come across. It's going to come across as like you need this. You know, for whatever reason, regard you know whatever you know whether you think you need it or you don't. Forever 21 throws that in your box and it's just like, you need this. And it's just like, no, no. Mm-mm. And I mean, yeah, sure. They confirmed that they put it in everybody's box, but there's some folks who are going to look at that and be like, I don't need this. Like you said, and then there's going to be folks who look at it and they'd be like, how dare you tell me I need this. So they should have just maybe they need weed carriers. That's what they need. Like everybody needs a weed carrier who's able to tell you, you know what? I think this is a dumb fucking idea. You shouldn't follow through with this. Don't do it. But they never want to listen to just common sense and not put this out. So suffer motherfuckers. Real talk. Just suffer. I hope you lose like a lot of business, not all your business, I guess. I don't know. Cause if you lose all your business, people are going to start to get fired and they need that job. But a lot of your business, Boy. So, an intoxicated Oregon motorist was nabbed after she allegedly poured liquor down the mouth of a Taco Bell employee while going through a drive-through. Oh no! Uh, Eliana Aguilar Aguilar uh, of the Washington County city of Cornelius allegedly rolled through the drive-through at the fast food chain in Beaver Town on Monday at around 1:20 a.m and reached through the drive through window to dump the alcohol in the employee's mouth, police said. Aguilar Aguilar committed the act while still in her car and right in front of a sergeant with the Washington County Sheriff's Office. Oh. Police then took the woman into custody and arrested her on DUI. Um, after she blew a blood alcohol content of .12. The legal alcohol limit in Oregon is .08. Uh, news reports that Aguilar Aguilar did not know the Taco Bell employee. That, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess she was just. I guess it was just time to party, but not a good. No, not a good look, sis. Right. Like not 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 in front of the police. Like not in my mouth. Like pour some on the ground and and get mad or something, but don't just pull up and pour alcohol in my mouth. 
I don't know where that's been. I don't know where your hand. Oh, oh my God. It just makes me shake. Like, oh my God, that's nasty. Like you pull up slurring and everything and you're like, like, but wait, no, not going to evict. Wait, no, I wait. The, the employee, what the fuck? Like they can't reach through the window and get to your mouth. Like you got to have your head out the window or something for them to even be able to pour liquid into your mouth. I don't know. That whole thing is just crazy. I think that's the best way to put it. And I'm glad there was a cop behind her because she was literally, if you're sharing your alcohol, you have to be lit. Oh, yeah. Like for her, yeah, for her to have done that, like for you to even have the conversation and then this other person, you, (laughs) like you're not even paying attention to what's going on, like, you know, who's around or whatever. And then, yeah, you just gonna pour some liquor in somebody else's mouth at the drive through. This ain't, nah. this ain't Baton Rouge. This ain't, <laughs> Baton Rouge. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't Mardi Gras. Like, you ain't just. First of all, you're driving around with an open container. Second of all, I hope it was tequila because tequila is the best alcohol. I don't even care what people say. Like, we could have a whole ranking list of this thing, but number one's gotta be tequila because it just hits a different way than rum. And way, 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 way at the bottom is gin. Because gin tastes literally like rubbing alcohol to somebody who got, was just like, fuck it, I'll do whatever at this point in time. And just took a drink of it and was like, I'm feeling it now. Yeah. So gin's at the bottom, y'all. Fight me. I don't care. Um, a week ago, a police officer in- accused a uh, McDonald's employee of taking a bite of his hamburger because he worked for law enforcement. Damn. Now the cop says he actually took the bite. Ah. <laughs> of course. See, see, and here I am thinking, here I am thinking, like, oh man, like, you know, so and so, you know, this this worker actually, you know, was on some fuck twelve and took a bite of this dude's hamburger, <laughs> took mm-hmm. a bite of this cop's hamburger, and but in actuality, just like a police officer, they lie. <laughs> and they fabricate evidence. Just made up some shit. <laughs> the Marion County Sheriff's Office announced the mix-up on Friday, saying the officer named DJ, not affiliated with my DJ, simply forgot that he had taken a bite out of the sandwich before putting it in the refrigerator before his shift. The news reports that DJ, who eats regularly at the Indianapolis McDonald's location, suspected someone had eaten a part of the hamburger before it was sold. Quote, I started to warm up my McChicken and noticed several small bites. I know I didn't eat it. No one else is around. I said, you know what? I'm going to the McDonald's to see if they can get that taken care of. First of all, you put it in the refrigerator and left and came back, but you're just so certain that no other cop would eat your burger. You're just going to assume that somebody who's surrounded by McChickens all day long is going to take a bite out of your filthy-ass sandwich to prove a point. I went to the McDonald's and talked to the supervisor. She offered me some free food I didn't care anything about. I just wanted to find out who the person was and they deal with, they dealt, and that they deal with that person in an appropriate way. 
However, after an investigation, the sheriff's department announced the DJ was mistaken and wrongly concluded that a McDonald's restaurant employee had tampered with his food because he is a law enforcement officer. The investigation has determined that McDonald's restaurant staff in no way tampered with the employee's food. He has since formally apologized to McDonald's, but not to the employee. We recognize McDonald's as a valued civic partner and any insinuation in private or in the media to the contrary is unfounded. But I bet you, I bet you, I bet you they went on Facebook. Some Blue Lives Matter group in Indianapolis went on Facebook and tried to get that McDonald's boycotted. Mm-hmm. Or that employee fired. Exactly. This is just so much in such a small story. That's so messed up. It's so messed up. Like, it's just... uh, uh, Just like that whole, like, I'm a police officer and everybody is out to get me. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, motherfucker, you the one in the authoritarian position. You the one with the gun. Like, even if somebody took a bite of your motherfucking food, what can, it's just, it's a motherfucking bite. It ain't like, you, you know, you could roll up on somebody and shoot them. And it's probably more people who was, and you could just say, oh, I was afraid for my life. And the shit will probably ride. You would still have a fucking job, at least for a little while, before somebody would actually like go through a full on investigation and then come to the conclusion that you might have fucked up. But nobody, you know, all police get the motherfucking benefit of the doubt from mm-hmm. a lot of motherfuckers. And you out here acting like everybody's out to get you. Man, fuck you. And your McChicken that you bit into. I hope it gave you gas. I got like 20 things playing music at me all at once. <laughs> I might cut it out, music players. Um, a Bronx pastor took money meant to help HIV-positive drug addicts and used to jet off to the Caribbean and lavished himself with gifts, prosecutor said on Wednesday. In his role as president and CEO of Addicts Rehabilitation Center Fund and the Addicts Rehabilitation Center Foundation, Reverend Reginald Williams, 67, Scammed the nonprofits out of more than six hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars. Authorities said. Good grief. Williams and two others, Bernie Hadnot and Naomi Barrera, were arraigned on grand larceny charges in Manhattan Supreme Court on Wednesday. Barrera was also charged with filing with filing false paperwork with the New York County Human Resources Administration. The cleric gave Hadnot and his Tonda Consulting Group a $40,000 contract for financial services and got $54,000 in kickbacks in return between May 2010 and January 2015, prosecutors said. Williams allegedly used the money to pay off his American Express bill and write cashier's checks to himself and his wife. Prosecutors say he plundered the two taxpayer-funded nonprofits with the help of Barrera, who allegedly played a shell game with proceeds from an affordable housing real estate sale. According to court papers, Williams raked in $135,000 and Barrera, 42, pocketed $30,000 through these deals. Prosecutors said Williams also had a lucrative expense reimbursement hustle. They said that he expensed $100,000 spent on trips to the Bahamas, Jamaica, and the Dominican Republic and treated himself to $170,000 worth of dinners and bar tabs. 
He allegedly double-dipped his reimbursements by submitting the same receipt to both ARC affiliates. Williams' attorney, I, I, you know, reading stories like this just make me so mad at attorneys. Like, how low do you have to sink to be able to fix it? I'm about to say something that I'm about to say right here, but I'm about to say it. Williams' attorney, Paul Martin, said that his client personally raised over $14 million for the foundation and, quote, every dime received from the nonprofits, he was entitled to it. Oh, oh, so that's his money now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Like, oh man, I couldn't imagine being being a lawyer and having to say that to fix your face, <laughs> even say something yeah. like that. Like, well, he was entitled to that money because it's just like I can't think of any. You know, like if like like if motherfucking if it came out that St. Jude you know, that some charity, you know, that some, some like, you know, March of Dimes, somebody rolled up and was just like, yeah, I'm entitled to that money. Like, motherfuckers would lose their mind. Like, I just don't, I don't, uh-uh. I just don't know if there's a lawyer that would fly. Maybe there is a lawyer that would probably do that. That would be like, yeah, yeah, he was entitled to that money. Only lawyers who would say something like that are lawyers who are getting paid from that money that they think that he's entitled to if he gets away with it. Yeah. Got to be an evil, evil dude or evil, evil person, period. An Ohio man was arrested after allegedly using a note with his name and address on it during a bank robbery. Bro. (laughs) Michael (laughs) Michael Harrell walked into a U.S. bank in Cleveland on Monday and passed a demand note to a teller, the FBI said. The note said, this is a robbery. Don't get nobody hurt. However, the note was written on a form that Harrell had used at the Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles, which had his name and address on it. The teller complied and handed over $206 before calling the police. Making things even easier for investigators, Harrell made no attempt to hide his face and frequently came to the bank. Yeah. Okay. See, this isn't. It's it's funny, in the sense that like he did, like you know, like that kind of like goofy criminal, dumb criminal kind of thing. But you know, this dude right here was probably really, really struggling. Mm-hmm. Like this is an on a whim kind of decision because he did not think that shit through. It was just like I got a piece of paper. I need this money. Whatever money I think I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this, or what you know, or whatever. Maybe he was intending to get arrested, whatever. But this dude sounds like he was hard up. Yeah, like this was rock bottom. Yeah, and this was it, and he went for it for what you know for whatever reason, because it just doesn't make any sense to. Like this is not a career criminal. That's that's really what I'm getting at. That this is not somebody who robs banks and stuff because they just they do not roll like this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, eh, like two hundred and two dollars. Mm. No gun, no nothing, just a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all bad. 
I'm not even going to laugh at it anymore. Not out loud. Um, <laughs> authorities say a woman suspected of urinating on potatoes at a Walmart in Pennsylvania has turned herself in. West Mifflin police say 20-year-old Grace Brown is facing multiple charges, including criminal mischief, open lewdness, and public drunkenness. It wasn't known that she retained an attorney. Uh, she turned herself in after authorities uh, posted surveillance videos or photos of the incident on Twitter. But they haven't said when the incident took place or why she allegedly relieved herself on the potatoes. A Walmart representative has said an employee saw what Brown was doing the company immediately disposed of the affected products and sanitized the area. I was at Walmart a couple of days ago. All of that ice cream is not wrapped up. They ain't learned shit. Some of them still just had lids. I see nobody licking shit, but I was looking at everybody. I was side-eyeing everybody in there. But yeah, just wanted to let you know that. Niggas are still licking food. <laughs> and they ain't protecting shit. Unless it's hagen Unless it's hagen Well, there are some places that don't, like, the, the ice cream isn't wrapped, like, around, you know? But mm. the, the ice cream has a plastic something over it, a seal, once you lift up the lid. Like, that's how hagen is. And that's how... Who else? Some other people. I think Ben and Jerry's. I think Ben and Jerry's is sealed. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm not here for that. It seals itself. Whatever the fuck Bluebell was talking about when all yeah, this right. shit went down. Like, y'all, nah, fuck y'all. No, I'm not. No. Double seal that shit. You better follow up. Put some scotch tape around that motherfucker or something. I don't even. I want to see you wrap that shit up. I don't trust you no more. Seals itself. Get the fuck out of my face, that boy. You better nah. You better wrap the whole thing in some of that shit like they used to put on CDs. I better be able to struggle to get your shit off before I can even get a spoon into it. Like just be mad as shit, grabbing scissors and fingernail clippers and files and knives and muttering <laughs> to myself. I used to hate having to walk out to the parking lot with those CDs until I realized that if my fingernail was sharp enough, I could just run it right along the top of the opening area and it would just cut a hole in it and I'd be able to peel everything back and just litter like a motherfucker in the parking lot of uh, Sam Goody or Tower or else wherever I bought the CD from. Hella plastic wrappers just floating around the air because everybody left their shit right there struggling in their car. I said too much. So, a 10-year-old boy uh, in Michigan was facing criminal charges for playing a game of dodgeball at his school and uh, hitting a classmate who was white in the face. Mm -hmm. Uh, The charges have been dropped um, because uh, Wayne County Prosecutor Kim Worthy, who was black, said in a statement that the aggravated assault charges against him were sustainable, but she dropped it anyway. Uh, there was no further further explanation offered for the charge being dropped, but there was a widespread outcry about how the white boy's mother was quick to call the police and criminalize a black boy for doing what normal school age children do. According to Detroit TV station WY, WXYZ TV, that's convenient. 
10-year-old Bryce has been charged with aggravated assault. On April 29th, uh, their school kids were playing dodgeball. A school report or police report claims another student was struck in the face with the ball. The student's mother asked that we did not use her or her son's name because she knew that was going to get rolled on, but told Action 7 News he has a medical condition that makes head injuries especially dangerous. Mm. The police report filed after the incident stated that the uh, – that Bryce intentionally threw the ball at the boy's face. Bryce's mom said, these kids are basically playing a game we've all played. I couldn't believe it. This is the kid who was playing on the playground with his friends. The parent of the white child who chose to remain anonymous claims that her child had been targeted and has medical conditions. He allegedly suffered a concussion. The mother of the child said, my son was hit twice in the face with a ball previously due to this. The child apologized to my son, and my son said, Mom, it's okay. We're still going to be friends. He had a black eye and a bruised nose. The parents are the ones who pressed charges. So basically the charges were dropped, which were good, but the mom knew that her son had a medical condition. I'm sure that this 10-year-old boy didn't know that the son had a medical condition. Uh, and you wanted to press charges, and the de- the district attorney said that the charges were valid, and just chose to drop it for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. This is. Uh, I guess I'm just wondering uh, why he was out there playing dodgeball Mm -hmm. like is it like is it one of those situations where uh nobody thinks that this particular uh game means that he can't play you know like nobody's negligent as far as anything is concerned it's just like as far as teachers and stuff are concerned like they're not thinking that this is something that could trigger an injury for him because of his condition you know, or is it, you know, a little boy maybe knowing that he shouldn't play, but doing it anyway, because he doesn't want to be left out or, you know, it's just, it just seems like there's all kinds of different things that could be going on that have nothing to do with the little boy possibly accidentally hitting this other little boy in the face with a dot, you know, with the dodgeball. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's hard to, uh, I guess, assign blame other than being surprised that the mom would go go so negative with the situation, you know, go so negative with it. It seems like, why wouldn't you talk to the PE teacher and say, well, how come you let him play? Mm-hmm. You know, were you aware of this situation? Or you go to the administration and say, you know, why did this, why did you let this happen? Why is this, I, I don't know. But then it's also motherfucking dodgeball. Like, especially, <laughs> especially, like, I know that it's a game that a lot of people have played and it's really this normal, especially this normal fucking thing that we all, you know, that we've all played as far as in school and everything. But those balls, depending on the size they are and depending on how strong people are and everything, those motherfuckers are humming. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a dangerous game that I don't understand why we still play. 
<laughs> just see because even without any type of um pre-existing condition or something you can still get fucked up you can still get your nose broken <laughs> if the right person you know if the right angle the right speed the right strength and you're not paying attention or something you can still just you can get hurt or bruised or anything it just seems like a game that we probably shouldn't be playing and i remember when we played dodgeball uh when i was you know like first second third grade we had like little foam balls which i figured it was probably so it would be easier easier for us to catch it which you know if you catch it that person has to get you know that person's out versus you being out because it hit you mm-hmm. but but like that big ass boom rubber ball yeah like that's what like when i seen that that was the like you know as i got older and saw that that was the dodgeball that people played it was just like jesus christ this is terrible this is wrong like y'all gonna y'all trying to get killed out there <laughs> yeah there was nothing wrong with that walk it off <laughs> get hit in the face and your whole neck just snapped back just Blue, and everybody will aim at one person and all that, but yeah, it's just. I mean, dodgeball isn't a game that should be played anymore. That's 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 easily said. But there are teachers who are like, "Yo, for PE, we're playing this," and kids are like, "Yeah," and that kid should have been like, "I got a doctor's so. note." And that's hard too, though. And that's and that's why that's what I'm saying. It goes back to like, is this just a little boy wanting to be? Want to be part? Want, yeah, wanting to be part of it versus having to sit, having to sit out, because that's hard to have to sit out, and then you don't, you don't want to feel different. You mm-hmm. want to feel, you know, included with everybody else, and that's, yeah, it's. Uh-uh. I'm sorry, little Johnny. All niggas ain't created equal. Sit your happy ass down. <laughs> you, you don't. Uh-oh. You Go over ahead. there. You sit. You sit. Over there, don't even look at this game. You'll get hurt. That's how I be. Your mom could be mad at me, but you're gonna be safe. And if y'all are depend, if y'all are bound and determined to play, so be it. I need to sign this fucking waiver. If you get hit in the face and you die, I don't get sued. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I hope I hope that the little boy. Who did throw the dodgeball didn't realize that sure he didn't. There's no that he way. didn't. But see, this is but see, this is the other thing though. There are kids who find a weakness in another kid and they exploit it. Like or or hell, like there's the there was the the art teacher. I'm not sure where she was, but the kids knew she had a motherfucking banana allergy and they like smeared banana on Ooh. some shit and she had like she had went into like anaphylactic shock or whatever like she like had an allergic reaction like they knew and that's the thing there are like on the one hand you hope that this child didn't know what that child was doing and that it was an accident and that they weren't purposely targeting this child whether just purposely targeting the child because like on some bullying shit just without knowing the medical condition or doing it because they knew about the medical condition and at the same time, there's enough stories where children do find out about somebody's medical condition and exploit it and do something. So it's just, it's kind of just like, you like you hope for the best for this kid. And it's good that this kid isn't, isn't going to be prosecuted. But at the same time, it's just like, I hope you, I hope that you just didn't know. And this is just an accident and not you targeting this other kid. Cause that's fucked up. 
Yeah, that would be horrible. Oh, oh man, yeah, that'll be sad. Kids are shitty. I don't know any other way other way to put that. Kids are like they they attack. People who are helpless get attacked by kids all the time. I got attacked by kids. Kid came up to me once and was like, hey, coach, can you do a push-up? And it wasn't like, hey, coach, can you do a push-up? It was, coach, can you do a push-up? I could tell the do was different. And I could, I could do like three, maybe four, but this kid was down knocking out like 20. And I stopped at like 15 because I was like, I'm grown. <laughs> just made me feel so (sighs) but this didn't a woman is suing a general contractor for Kroger after she walked into a clear floor to ceiling window according to a lawsuit the woman is suing Kroger for negligence and is asking for between $200,000 and $1 million she said she was shopping at the Kroger marketplace uh, on April 17th when she and when she was leaving the store, she walked towards what appeared to be an open doorway, the lawsuit said. But instead of a doorway, the woman walked directly into a clear floor to ceiling window. The lawsuit claims the woman sustained serious injuries. She's suing them for negligence, saying that Legron Services did not place warning markers on the window. Okay. She's asking to be paid for past and future medical expenses, past and future physical pain and suffering, past and future physical impairment, past and future physical disfigurement, and past and future mental anguish. So she went through the like. Okay, so like she she walked. Did she? Nope. She so she hit a window like she hit the glass. Yeah, she just walked oh, into a window. She just walked into okay. Cause see what I was trying to what like my first thought was like oh shit she hit the glass and you're like boom you know it's like it's fucked up mm-hmm. you know but it's a lot of times you know depending on the way a window is made especially if there's not like a a bar across it or whatever or there's not any like stickers or anything you can easily think that that window is a doorway you know when you boom you bump into it mm-hmm. you know so but then as you were telling the story i'm thinking like okay maybe the window has been removed and maybe there's like because the window was in the whatever in the frame that it wasn't just flush with the floor there's something kind of you know she trips over something as she was walking through it like she's not looking down she's thinking it's an open doorway and she goes through it and then falls but you're still saying that she just hit the glass like she didn't break it is mm-hmm. boom just bounce off the glass <laughs> just boom boom, boom. Like, man yeah man was she it. like walking full speed like i just don't i don't understand how she I don't understand how she ended up injured. (laughs) I don't think anybody does. (laughs) Like, because she must have had, because also she must have had one bag, you know, or two bags, you know, like, you know, just, you know, she probably went in there and bought just a little bit of something because she obviously wasn't pushing the cart to her car. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, so she's going to, you know, because I would think if she's pushing the cart, the cart's going to hit the glass and the glass is going to shatter and then whatever. But, you know, that still's not <laughs> just <laughs> this lady hits a glass and soon. I don't understand. It's just, exactly. I want, I want it to make sense. And it, <laughs> it won't. And it's like, it's like. She was going at like 50 miles an hour. I'm just. And then, <laughs> she I'm better spaghetti sauce broke. She dropped her spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> she has something. She has something in her hand, and it just—you know—she hit that glass, and that bag just dropped. It was just <laughs> her oranges just rolled <laughs> down the aisle. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was just, oh, man, just messed up her whole little shopping trip. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I wanted to make sense. I'm so beside myself that she's suing after it. Could you imagine how many times somebody has ran into some fucking glass? If Imagine if all those people sued. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at the store right now. Oh. What happened was there it's not even Florida glass or Florida ceiling glass. It's it's the side of a door. It's it looks just like the rest of the doors, but it's got the middle pane thing that she just wasn't looking up. She was probably looking at her phone. Yep. Yep. I'm still, I'm so tickled by this. I'm just thinking of all the people that run into glass, people that have like that that like run into glass at stores. They run into like their fucking screen door and stuff. Just all this stuff. Just imagine all these people that where they're not paying attention and run through some shit. And <laughs> imagine if they sued. This is yo. Just this is when she should have just took that L. Exactly the precedent that she's setting. Isn't much because nobody. She about to get laughed at, but she was embarrassed. She's suing because she was embarrassed. Exactly. That's what it was. She's suing because she's embarrassed because all her fruit fell down, and you know the soda that she wanted, you know, fell down and shook, and it was flat, and she was mad, and you know she paid for those groceries, and then she looked stupid. And the Pikachu that she was trying to catch when she was playing Pokemon Go got away. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shantae, got any shout outs? Uh, yeah, just a uh, shout out. Uh, I want to say uh, my condolences uh, to Fallon. Yeah. And Vera. Uh, losing Vera. You know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's just, it's hard to lose a pet, and there's really nothing, you know, there's really nothing more to say. It's hard. And, I wish her and uh who's it Clark Clark and James and, and James and uh Edith Edith yes uh you know the best Yeah she said that uh they weren't taking it well Yeah
don't even like cats. But I liked Fallon's cats. Because she made them all seem human. With the funny stuff that uh, they got into. Yeah. And that's why I liked Vera. I'm a Miss Vera. And I, I, Fallon, we're here. Like, it's... For those of y'all who don't have pets, it's, it's, I know folks make fun of uh, pet owners and how they treat their pets like children, but honestly, they are their children. They become part of the family and, and very close. This is heartbreaking. So, Fallon, if there's anything we can do, uh, let us know. The single simulcast episode three forty four. Y'all be good. We're out. Peace. This is single simulcast. Don't know my name, and you said.